Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome once again to Las Vegas, Nevada, a place that is home to some of the greatest entertainers in the world. This week, you'll meet one of them. The great Dennis Blair joins us today with his guitar, which is always fun. In addition, you'll also hear from our regulars. Eddie O, America's first master sommelier, says that sometimes a glass, not a bottle of wine, may be the way to go. On luxury living Vegas style, Giddy Medrano of Flipping Vegas discusses one of the hot areas in Las Vegas. And no, we're not talking about temperature. Downtown Las Vegas. And finally, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com discusses why nightclubs in Vegas are so special. Oh, baby. When you come to Las Vegas, you come and see big name headliners and stuff. And sometimes you might even think, you know what, I'm, I'm going to wait a little bit until they're on and ready to go. I want to hear the opening act. We have an incredible opening act that's so much more than an opening act, I can't say. I mean, there's way more to it. But he's open for some of the biggest people. I know he's proud of it, and he should be. Uh, he's been called by many. Uh, George Carlin said the only person that could make him belly laugh uh, Rodney Dangerfield said, this guy's a star. And he is. Dennis Blair. I'm a star. Great, great to have you back, Dennis. People Absolutely. stop me. People stop me on the street just to tell me they don't know who I am. <laughs> Excuse me. We have no idea who you are. Just want to let you know that. But well, thank anybody you. that's seen you, yeah, I, you know, I hear all the time, people that have seen you. Mm-hmm. And, of course, a lot of people have seen you. You work with the best. I mean, first of all, comedy. Yes. Is it tough to open for another comedian? Well, here's the deal. You know, uh the reason I always insisted on billing with George Carlin was not because of ego, but because, you know, you want the person, the people coming in to know, oh, there's a guy before him. Because if they don't know, then the lights go down and they go, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the George Carlin show. Yeah. And here's some other guy who's going to make you pay your babysitter an extra half hour. <laughs> so they hate you when you first come out. Uh, yep. Oftentimes. So, yeah, it can be tough. But. What you do makes so much sense. If you're going to go see Carl and Uncle, you kind of know what he's going to do. You do things with music yes. that I think it's a, it's a great um, combination, you know, where you're going to see something you didn't expect and you're going to enjoy that too. Well, it seemed to work with him. You know, I mean, it was so, we were so diametrically opposed, different. Yes, exactly. So, it got, so he's, he, was, he was happy because it got people in the right mood, like in a jovial mood, so that by the time he came out, he, they were just at a certain level. You know, usually it's <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally, you got those audience like, okay, yeah, but next, but uh, but usually it worked out. Oh, absolutely! And, yeah. You know, it, it's great to work with one of the greats. Did you learn a lot from that? I mean, this guy was the comedian that came into the 21st century, the first guy to do the HBO stuff. Right. I mean, the first guy to really push push the line. Right. Well, I just yeah. I mean, the first night I opened for him, I'd never met him before. It was in Omaha, Nebraska, and. Uh, Never met him and didn't know what he was going to be like, actually, as a person. He came downstairs to my dressing room, stole about five of my grapes and three, three of my carrot sticks. And he said, all right, don't mess up. We're going to be watching you out there. So I said, oh, this is going to be fun. So I did my thing. Luckily, it went well. And then I went up and watched him. And I went, oh, God, 
I got to start writing. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like amazing. It's like everything he said was. Uh, God, well, now, you didn't start with him, right? You started no. with Rodney. Rodney Dangerfield. Incredible. Yeah. Tell us a little about that because that had to be. First of all, how do you get Rodney Dangerfield's attention? I know he, he's always looking for great acts, and mm. you know he found one with you. Well, this was one of those things you couldn't make up. My whole story of how I got started in comedy, because if you've said that to open, just know that that's never going to happen. So I just started. I was doing music in bars. No one's paying attention. Everyone's talking. I get pissed off. And I'm going, well, I'm going to get their attention. So I just did this parody of, uh, St- of Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. I called it Singing Too High. <laughs> and that started getting people's attention. And then, oh, okay, I should do more of this. So I started doing more parodies. Then I said, yell out who you want me to do. And then they'd yell out a, a singer they liked. And I would do a parody on that song. And I got like a 30-minute act built around that. So then I went, uh, moved it to Manhattan, New York, uh, four blocks away from Dangerfields. And someone said, hey, Sunday is, is, is open mic night. Why don't you go down there? And I got on at one in the morning. And there was like eight, 12 people left yeah, in the not audience. not prime time. No, no. They, I guess whatever, for some reason, I hit them right at the right time because they had seen a bunch of acts that they didn't like or whatever. Or they were tired. And I got them, and they hired me to do Dangerfields the next week, the, the following week. It says, why don't you open up for Jackie Mason, which I did. And I'm still friends with Jackie to this day. So open for Jackie Mason that week. Rodney comes wandering in. He comes in, and, and at the end of my set, people are laughing. I come off stage. He goes, they obviously like what you do. What do you do? Because he had not seen <laughs> yeah. the show. So I told him what I did, and he said, no, I'm going to watch you next time. And he watched the show. He liked the show. A week later, he does. He, he, Caddyshack comes out, and he's like the biggest thing in comedy. He says, why don't you come on the road with me? So that's the short version of how I hooked up with Rodney Dangerfield. Total accident. Well, and then you took it the next step, which I love. You ended up writing a movie for him, which was a great movie, and an underappreciated movie, unfortunately. Yeah. Easy Money, which was really a good film. Yeah, I mean, well, if you like Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he came up to me. I've been working with him for maybe two months at the club. And he, after Caddyshack, he goes, listen, they want to do a movie with me, starring me, okay? So if you come up with an idea, let me know. I'm going, okay, I'm doing comedy for two months. I'm working with Rodney Dangerfield. I'm not going to come up with an idea for a movie for him. You, you insane? <laughs> so I run home to my apartment four blocks away. I start pacing the floor, and I come up with this idea. Because I knew him pretty well by then about his struggles with alcohol and drugs and stuff and how he always wanted his weight. So I say, what about if it's about, about a guy who he, he, he gets $10 million only if he gives up smoking, drinking, and gambling for a year? He goes, oh, that's good. So he, he says, great. And he pitches it to the... Uh, to Orion Pictures, and they decide to do it. He hires two writers, and he doesn't like what the writers do, he, so he gets me on at the writing staff, and that's how that happened. Wow. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a whole different type of writing. Yeah. Did you just – and we're going to talk about your career. You do everything. So everything. I guess you, Is that just a matter of, hey, why not, or how does that work? I mean, that's a, a whole other type of writing than writing a comedy act. Right. It's a whole other type of writing than writing a book, yeah. you know. Well, it's just one of those things where, okay, I'm doing this now, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to absorb as much as I can. And we'd sit around his table at his apartment in Manhattan like every day almost, and we would just brainstorm and come up with ideas. Well, And also it was easier for me too because they, they already had a script existing. So, you know, the, the so first draft. Yes, clean it up, yeah. Which he didn't like, and I thought it was fine, but, you know, obviously it's a first draft. It always needs uh, work. But So we sat around the table and, and made that better, and we'd come up with funny stuff to add to it. And uh, meanwhile, I, I, brought, I bought a screenwriting book. And, you know, just yeah. started re- reading about, oh, this is how you write these things. Okay, so it was just like a, yeah, an on-the-job training kind of thing. 
That's kind of cool. Worked and out. His whole career, it must have been interesting just to watch that because yeah. I remember his old stuff from the Ed Sullivan show. It was pretty yeah. tame. Yeah. And he got pretty wild. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at some of the stuff, those Carson appearances were great. And then by the time he was at Leno, right. he was doing some really fun and uh, yeah. kind of blue stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, his first album, I think, was just he, was, he talked kind of like slow like this, you know? <laughs> yeah. I never know when someone gives me directions. They say you go three nights, three lights down and make a right. I never know if you're supposed to count the first light. That was his delivery. <laughs> right, right, right. And then, like, you know, it just developed, I guess, you know, just like a boom, boom, machine gun kind of. More with entertainer Dennis Blair in just a few moments. Time now for the wine world of Eddie O, featuring Eddie Osterlin, America's first master sommelier. People often ask Eddie how to pick a bottle of wine off a wine list. Today, Eddie says there's another way to go if you want. Ordering wines by the glass is a great way to sample things you've never had before. And, you know, you might sit down at the bar with your wife and uh, see a couple of things you want to try. So you order one glass, and then you ask him to give you a second empty glass, and you pour it in half, and you split the wine by the glass with your wife because you're just looking to taste two or three ounces to see if you want to buy a bottle, you want to try more. But generally speaking, you know, there's someone in the restaurant, if they're at all a, we call these restaurants that have nice wine lists, wine destinations, places where somebody has really given some thought to the kind of wine that, uh, that they have there. Because food and wine, when properly combined, should um, amplify each other's assets. And so people who know enough about wine choose a wine list with wines that they feel will go really well with the type of cuisine they have. And they're, they're proud of it. They want to talk about it. So you shouldn't fear that. I mean, if you don't know anything about it, to say, look, I don't know that much about it, but who's who put this together? Who's your wine director? Whatever, you know, go to a restaurant that, that has some serious or decent wine, because an awful lot of them, like hotel wine listers, I'm like, they're they're pretty, they're usually not too good because hotels need to buy wine by the thousand cases for their banquet department, so that they've always got it in stock and they're not worrying about it. It's convenient, and to the average person coming in, I mean. They could have white wine, red wine. They could have whiskey. You know, it's just going to be a cocktail. Eddie will be back again next week. When you visit Las Vegas, you're always looking for fun things to do. And I think one thing you got to put on your list is the Neon Museum. It's fantastic. What a way to learn the history of Las Vegas. But by the signs that go back all the way to the 1930s. Really unique Las Vegas experience. So you can learn the history and have a blast. Go to neonmuseum.org. That's neonmuseum.org. More with entertainer Dennis Blair in just a few moments. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. So are you tired of being tired? Well, then it's time to get the tea. Hey, it's Lisa here to tell you about this all-natural, all-organic tea I've been drinking that has had great results for over 20 years. It's called Life Change Tea, and it's specially formulated to help detoxify and cleanse your kidneys, liver, colon, and blood all at once. The colon is one of the most ignored organs in the human body. The faster that waste is eliminated from the body, the less time that waste sits in our intestines 
intestines, spreading toxins to our bloodstream. This tea helps cleanse chemicals caused by outside intruders from our entire digestive system. And get this, weight loss can be a side effect. And with continued use of the tea, you can experience clear, healthier, younger-looking skin, increased energy, and a happier outlook on life. So if you're tired of being tired, get the Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. And like me, you'll be glad you did. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a hundred years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-908-9850. 800-908-9850. That's 800-908-9850. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Andy Film Minute. Adulthood could be defined as the process of learning to be shocked by things that do not shock teenagers. So said Roger Ebert in his review of today's selection, Heathers. We suspect that Heathers could be shocking to those looking for offense. But for those who enjoy a black comedy with coming-of-age angst, here are a few guffaws that will knock you out of your easy chair. The title refers to a trio of popular mean girls, all named Heather, who rule their high school by cruelly humiliating those they deem less deserving. A precursor to the culturally iconic mean girls, Heathers stars Winona Ryder as teenage Veronica on the edge of the popular girl clique and quietly suffering their cruelty. And Christian Slater, when he was still hailed as the next Jack Nicholson, is J.D., the 60s cool new student who will not put up with bullies. Both earn their raves here in a collaboration of innocence and evil who determine to wipe out all the cruel kids who ever tortured us, uh, I mean them, in high school. Remember those pesky morals that kept us from attacking the mean girls in our lives? J.D. doesn't have them. Heathers, an all-time favorite. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Hi, everyone. Al Roker here. As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate that after 75 years, Smokey's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when it's dry or windy. Be careful burning yard waste because wildfires can even start in your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Dennis Blair, who can be heard all over Vegas, including at the Totally Outrageous Brunch at the Sayers Club at the SLS Hotel. Smooching, 
I can't think of anything I'd rather be doing Except maybe smooching with my baby all night long do you yeah. think that kind of came from the crowd? Because I remember as a kid watching those Carson appearances, right. and I had to look forward to it, you know, right. and it was great. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the crowd kind of pushed them. Yeah, probably. And, you know, the nightclub and just the one-liners, you know, you just want to go boom, boom, one after the other, you know, just like don't give them room to breathe. So I'm sure it just developed over time. He's going, yeah, this, this, this works for me, you know. I just got to do it because I start talking fast, you know. So – we work with Rodney, right. <laughs> work with the great George Carlin, right. and Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. What was that like? That was uh, fun. That was, Well, Joan always used, at that time, this was the mid-'80s, eight, mid-'80s. Did I say that correctly? Mid, yeah. Middle, mid-'80s. Mid-'80s. Thank you. <laughs> uh, she, oh, at that time, she was traveling with Gary Shandling and, another, and, and Jim Stafford. For some reason, at that time, she was using two opening acts. She would go on after two opening acts. Hmm. So they, uh, they'd heard of – I'd been working with Rodney for about maybe – two and a half, three years, and they'd heard about me from a guy at Caesars in Las Vegas, uh, the maitre d' there. You should call up this Dennis Black guy. He works with Rodney. He's pretty funny, you know? So they called me up and said, let's try a 10-day run. So that's how that worked out. So working with Gary Shandling and Joan Rivers in like 1984, 1985, that was a great experience. And she got me on The Tonight Show when she was hosting. So I did it twice. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah nice. She was incredible. And yeah. uh, we were just talking about I mean, all these people are gone, including Gary Shandling. It's so sad because. It's me. It's all me. I don't <laughs> open for people anymore. They've heard that uh, they don't have much time left after I work with them. Well, you do better with the singers because you've opened <laughs> for people like the Beach Boys, yeah. Gloria Estefan, uh, Tom Jones. Right. Now, Tom's still around. What is that like? Yeah, Tom's still. Well, I think most of the Beach Boys are too. Didn't kill those guys yet. Mm-hmm. Well, so, what do you. What's the difference? Because the comedy thing, I totally get. You know, people are going there. They're going right. to a comedy show. Mm-hmm. Your stuff is different than the headliner, and right. everybody has a great time. Right. Now you're doing it for a crowd that's there for music. Is right. that, and now, of course, you do do music, and you know, you're a very talented musician in your act. It, do you think that works precisely because you have there with the guitar and so forth? It seemed to because you know, even if the people are not expecting it, you know, with singers, I, it seemed to be maybe slightly easier because. You know, the comedy crowds want their comedy joke headliner to come out right away. Yeah. The music, the music people, it seemed like, oh, okay, uh, okay oh, who's this? All right, I guess we'll put up with whoever this is. But it was less of a, an immediacy, like, get off, get off the stage. Oh, you know, so it was so different. And it was also music. So they're in that frame of mind anyway. Uh, so it, nine times, 90 times out of 100, it worked out really well. You know, even with Tom Jones. But, you know, we all have our stories of the shows that didn't go well because they just wanted to see Tom, you know. Uh, but Gloria, and, and she was great. I, I loved working with her. She, was, she, she wanted me to do parodies of their songs. Oh, that's great. Miami Sound Machine songs. She wants to do uh, instead of boys will be guys. Do do, boy, do boys will be boys. Do guys will be guys. I'm not doing an impression of your song. These people will kill me if I yeah, do right. a parody <laughs> of your song. She, she gets was a in, kick out of the audience. Will get mad. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, you'll be laughing and I'll be dodging pellets. So I decided not to do that. But Righteous Brothers uh, and, and Bill, I still know uh, who's who's does a show in Vegas now. Well, uh, you know, if you you play all over the place, we'll try to get a feel of it, but. On YouTube, I think people have to go on because yes. since our first interview, I went. I kind of followed what you've done, and it's just so much fun. And people just seem like 
I think there's something about those parodies. People love them. It's just one of those things. Do you find that people just, they want to hear that? Because they're already comfortable with some of the material. At least they know the original song, and then right. you can have fun with it. Right, right. Yeah, well, my, my show to this day still ends with me doing requests. It's like, you know, yell out your favorite singer. I'll destroy them for you. <laughs> and they'll yell out, you know, 90% of the time it's people I've done before, but sometimes you get a, a new person and go, ooh, I better, okay, I got myself into this. I better dig myself out of this hole. And usually it works out fine. Yeah, but they, they love that and they, they get involved and it's the songs they know and it's their favorites. So you got all that stuff working in your, on your behalf. Do you have a particular favorite when you hear it? You go, ah, that's my. Well, <laughs> you know, the ones I end with are Prince, which is re- incredibly R-rated. And I always tell them, you're sure you're ready for this because this is not – put the children out of the room, you know, but they say yes, and it usually goes over. Rod Stewart, I usually end with – often Adele. I have an Adele that I end with sometimes. But, you know, uh, Elton John, you know, there's my favorites, the ones that just I know are going to get big response. And the other, there's other ones that go, oh, okay, depending on the crowd, they might not know who this artist is. You know, you have to be kind of selective. I have to read your audience. You'll hear more from Dennis Blair in just a moment. Time now for a luxury living Vegas style with Gady Madrano, star of Flipping Vegas, which can be seen on the DIY network. Check your local listings. Today, Gady talks about an area of town that surprises potential buyers. Oh, I wanted to ask you about uh, downtown Las Vegas, because downtown Las Vegas seems like it's kind of on the rise. You know, it, it, it's cleaned up They're, uh, from the business side. They've really done a lot. They've got kind of some eclectic neighborhoods nearby, the Art Center, you know, around Fremont. Is that area picking up? Can you get a bargain down there on some of those uh, those apartment buildings and such condominiums? So it's funny you mentioned downtown because I, I literally spoke to um, one of the VPs for that that works in the advertising and all the slogans for downtown, and and he we went we just went over the numbers. So I talked to different people in different areas just to get a more inside look as to trends and how things are looking. So. And this was direct information from them that they've hit and exceeded their their figures for their projected figures for the year for 2018 in terms of visitors, in terms of new projects, in terms of um, attendance for events and venues. You have Life is Beautiful. You have all these new concerts. You have all these different things. And in terms of revenue for all that, which is now breathing even more life into downtown. Now, downtown's always been a pet project for the mayor. It's always been uh, something that's just been revitalized. They're now doing a different sign going into downtown. They're doing all these great things, but it's it's still in its early stages. Like That's, that's still on the rise. I'm working with a client that's looking at those high-rises, which I work a lot. Uh, Soho, the Ogden, uh, Jewel, you know, you have all of those that, um, Newport Lofts, all that, that are, are have the same amenities, luxury amenities. You have these rooftop pools that have these amazing views and you can go and watch the fireworks. It's very social. It's very community oriented. It's really a great great alternative from you know the strip properties so I always usually show both actually when people are looking for high rises and then also you have the scotch 80s you have all these vintage Vegas you have just all of this that's constantly appreciating as the surrounding area continues to grow there's a new sprouts that's going to be put there right by Fremont there are all these new buildings and just making it very walkable from where you're located and a lot of residents locals love downtown people go to Gold Spike people you know people love all these these areas so it's really on the rise it, it's it's in, it's incre- it's it's improved tremendously but there's a lot more room and from what i understand that's just going to keep shooting up you can find out more about gady at gadyrealestate.com that's spelled g-a-d-y i was talking to your vegas insider scott robin of vitalvegas.com the other day about what people are telling him they want for 
a trip to Las Vegas, and he said they're looking for a, basically a good deal like they used to get back in the day in the 20th century and so forth. But you can actually find that now, the Orleans Hotel. Yep, they got a great casino, wonderful restaurants, everything from upscale stuff to the buffet to fast food, everything you want. The prices are great. There's lower resort fees and free parking. Why don't you check it out? It's at orleanscasino.com. That's orleanscasino.com. More with the multi-talented Dennis Blair in just a few moments. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the BizTalk Radio Network. Do you own a real business that makes real money? Not just an idea for a business but a real revenue-generating business, then we have what every business needs to run and grow. Cash. Call the Business Cash Advance Line, and in just five minutes, you could be well on your way to securing up to $1 million in funding for your business. Use the money however you want. Try new advertising, buy inventory, purchase equipment, or pay taxes and other bills. Call now to secure up to $1 million in less than a week. The process is quick and easy. Call the Business Cash Advance Line to speak with an account manager now. Representatives are standing by, so if you need to get up to $1 million in working capital to grow your business, don't wait. Call right now. 800-445-1099. 800-445-1099. Call now. 800-445-1099. That's 800-445-1099. Times are changing. The circus of politics... Healthcare's low standards and high prices. And let's not forget food quality. What to do? Arm yourself with Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. In a world of chemical imbalance and poor air and water quality, it's time you make a move. Log on to GetTheTea.com and stock up on organic non-GMO supplements. Don't forget the tea. GetTheTea.com. Cleansing your body never felt so good. And we have a brand new tea called Takedown Tea which helps support healthy glucose. All natural body support so you can be at your best naturally. All you have to do is log on to getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. We're not a fad that comes and goes. We are the real deal. Join us and armor up. Getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. Changing America's health one teabag at a time. The two tight ends are lined up as tight ends. Back goes Darrell to pass. He's looking for Smith, but instead goes down the middle. Chester, touchdown Raiders! That is the Oakland Raiders. No, not the Oakland Raiders of 2017, but the Oakland Raiders of 1972. And that's what we're talking about on a new feature called RaiderHistorian.com. You go there and we have every week different highlights from years of the past, including a look back at Al Davis, the owner, all the great games, the rivalries, the philosophy of the team, and so forth. It's a must as the Raiders head to Las Vegas in just another few years. If you're here in Las Vegas, you got to know that history, and if you're from Oakland and L.A., you'll want to relive that as well. RaiderHistorian.com. 
Angstrom Minerals represent a quantum leap in nutrition. Liquid Minerals offer a more concentrated and quicker boost because they integrate into the body faster. Unlike that handful of pills you take every day, Angstrom Minerals bypass digestion and go directly to the cells. Try Angstrom Minerals for your body, your health, and your life. Register online and use your account to save 5% off your retail order every time you shop. Some restrictions apply. Please visit ElementalResearchInc.com. The action is hot, the atmosphere cool, and the parking is free. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Over 1,800 rooms, 70 lanes of bowling, an 18-screen movie theater, 8,000-seat arena, fabulous dining, virtual reality, a giant race and sports book, and the biggest stars are in the Orleans showroom. The Orleans Hotel and Casino, two blocks west of the Strip, minutes from the airport, with rooms starting at $45. This is how you Vegas. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Visit OrleansCasino.com. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Dennis Blair, who's worked with many of the greatest comedians of all time, including George Carlin, Rodney Dangerfield, and Joan Rivers. Not splitting aces when they come around. It's holding tens and not dumping down. I have to tell you, as I shed a tear, I just don't think that it's a good idea. No, 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 no. Give me an idea. You know, you work for guys that put, we, we were talking before, push the limit. I mean, all of those, even, you know, Dangerfield did to a certain extent too, but George Carlin, Joan Rivers really pushed it. Now, with all the things that can get you in trouble out there, right. is it kind of tough? I mean, like, yeah. you know, I, when Jerry Seinfeld is a favorite, <laughs> afraid to take his it's act offensive. out, like, yes. yeah, we got problems. When, when Bozo the Clown is offending children, you know you're, uh, yeah, everyone talks about that because even comics, I just did a gig this this weekend, and it's like, yeah, you have to be careful now. It's like you can't. You have to be, you know, you, you could be brought up on charges or something like yeah. that if you do the joke. And, and people say, what do you think Carlin would be doing? I'd say, I, th- I think either one or two. He wouldn't care and he would just say what he wants and he'd get in trouble and get the controversy would swirl around him. Look what he said about women. And uh, he would just probably not care. Or he would just, there'd be part of him that would go, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings really. So he would just pull back. I don't know which Carlin you'd get today, to tell you the truth. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because yeah. he would do some things. I mean, it, 
And then I remember the one time I always think of when he went on The Tonight Show with Ann Coulter. And a lot of my friends go, oh, my God, he's going to tear her apart. They're all waiting. Right. And do anything. He right. just sat there, you know. So I, and I kind of felt like maybe the reason is, well, you can't tell me what I'm going to do. You know, he really was independent in right, that regard. Right, 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 right. Know? But, I mean, the one I – George, I know, would just say what he wanted to say and not care, you know, what anybody yeah. thought. You know, people would walk out. If it, when he was playing Vegas, people would walk out because they didn't – they thought that we were getting the, the guy from Shine – Mr. Conductor from Shining Time Station. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine their surprise. When they heard his language, but uh, I don't think uh, I don't think he cared. You know, I I I I'm thinking today he would just say, "All right, this is the way it is." You know, plus the fact that he was down on the entire human species anyway. Right. So. But that was kind of the, the fun of it, right? Because he just because he, he didn't care. You know, he could say anything. And right. when you there's something about comedy when you don't expect something yeah. that's really great. Right, right, right. You know? And his hardcore fans would follow him no matter what. So you know, but uh, the, but he, I'm, I would I would assume that he would have to take into account what the reaction to would be to some of the things he would probably say today because I'm sure it would offend somebody. As yeah. they say, if you're, not, if you're a comic and you're not offending somebody, you're not doing your job. Well, yeah, and like Paul Mooney, who used to write for right. uh, Richard Pryor, right. yeah, he said that the he feels that the comedy stage should be one place where nothing's off limit. You could right. say that it doesn't matter. I mean, you kind of feel that way. Yeah, I mean, and if you, you disagree with somebody, but you know, but then all right, that's fine. It's, it's fine to like not laugh at something that you don't you find offensive. But yeah. then just don't go post it everywhere. It's like, oh, you know. No, just either turn the TV off or go somewhere else. Exactly. You know? And now so few people. The, I, there's Dave Chappelle out there who just doesn't care. Right. I guess when you don't care, that's when you can do it. Well, yeah, you have to not care. But I'm, I'm, you don't want to be insensitive. You don't want to say something horrible about, you know, I mean, disabled people or something. You have to be, you know, oh, come on. Just use your judgment, you know, if coming yeah. up with a joke. But... Well, you should be able about- to say pretty much anything you want with, within certain limits, but it's always been like that. Well, you know, we've been talking a lot about all these great names, but you are a great act. I want to talk a little about, and I want you actually to take out the old guitar and do a few things. Oh, the but, old guitar. Before, well, I think, <laughs> it, it, do you constantly change guitars? I would. No, think I wish I could. I wish I could. I'm, I'm always looking at new guitars and wanting that one. Yeah. I like mine, but I want the new one. Yeah, you know, I saw Brian Setzer out there, with the, and I love Brian Setzer. Yeah. And every single song, different guitar. Different guitar. It's unbelievable. You know? I always love. Yeah, I always love when they change guitars and like you can't tell. Friends, oh, I, I, tell. I always wanted to do a bit as a comic where like a guy would change my microphone every three minutes. Yeah, and then like you that. wouldn't be able to tell the difference, you know, like a gold one, then a blood, then a blue one, you know. I like For this that. joke, I like to use the magenta microphone, ladies and gentlemen. But people wouldn't get it. It's too inside. But what I find interesting about you, I don't know what goes on in that brain of yours, but you can do so. Yeah, I can imagine. Because you do, I mean, you've written a book. You've got a great album out now, and I want to talk to you about it. It's a jazz album yes, of all things. Yes, it is. Things. Yes, it is. Hapless Romantic. Yes, it is. A jazz album. Yeah, so we're, you know, I, I guess I should move into the FM, uh, right, the jazz voice. <laughs> yes, let's do these voices now. And now coming up on this radio station, please welcome a new selection by Dennis Blair's new album, Hapless Romantic. This one's called Smoochin'. Huh? I love that. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Huh? You know, I, huh, I John? Huh? These remind me, Dennis reminds me of that Michelob commercial where they have Lisa Bonet's daughter and the whole thing's in Whisper, and apparently that does something to your mind I guess. to make you want to buy Michelob Ultra. Is that what but it does? You might have. I, that's hmm. what they tell me. I should do an entire album of Whispered Jazz Tunes. <laughs> See how that sells. That would be wonderful. Well, how did you get into, I mean, you know, people here, you're doing parodies. Obviously, you're a good musician. How do you get into the jazz genre? How did that all happen? Well, way before comedy, this was 80,000 years ago, I had a writing partner. He's a friend of mine. And we we were very fond of the Cole Porter, George Gershwin era. We'd go see Bobby Short 
performed at the Carfe Carlisle in Manhattan every once in a while. We just loved that. You know, not that we didn't like rock and roll too and what was going on at the time, but we loved everything. And we'd write songs in that genre. We'd write songs in every genre. And and the ones we came up with in j- for jazz uh, were really good, I thought. And we just didn't, nothing ever happened to them. And then I would just, I played them at a recording studio a couple of years ago that I was at. And the guy said, those are, hey, why don't we record those? And I said, I why, why, why should we? <laughs> and he said, well, you know, the jazz market is easier to break into than the pop market or the country market, and uh, these are pretty good songs, and just get a band together, and I'll record them for free for you. I said, fine. So we recorded them, and they came out well, and we decided, let's make an album. We are chatting with comedian, singer, and author Dennis Blair. People love that music. We talked to Steve Tyrell a few months ago, uh-huh. and people just have a love for that stuff, that, that, that great American song yeah, book, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, Well, that's the style these songs are in, but they're originals, except original Bluesette. Stuff. We do Bluesette, which is uh, an old standard. But uh, but the, these are all original songs that we came up with, and, and, and we used the, uh, the band that uh, it's uh, Joey Singer and Bob Sachs and Mike Meacham. They perform at the Dennis Bono show here all the time, and they played together for many years, so we figured these guys play together they'll sound great together that's what we used oh, joey great. was uh, debbie Reynolds' old uh, musical director and uh, they were great to work with and they sound fantastic so we did well, it i'm so glad you did that because I, I think there's a lot of great music out there that we never hear about that's you know? right <laughs> that is right my friend oh well you know i do the composer showcase here every month or so and the, some of the songs are like oh my god this should be a hit this should, why isn't this on the radio this is all you know it's all luck and Having the right people to push it. Well, for talk you. about tell about the, what that is. The, compu- uh, the composer showcase. Composer showcase is run by Keith Thompson. It's at the Smith Center. Um, great location. Oh my God! What a great theater. A great yeah. location. It's a one, and the sound is impeccable. And once a month, uh, Keith Thompson uh, runs this show, and it's for people who write songs. And it sells out every month. And uh, they have usually about twelve or thirteen songwriters. They either perform their own songs or they have someone else do it. But it's all original songs, and you get to hear people what really good songwriters come up with and it's a fun evening and man it's it's great and it's doing very well and there are people that are up there that go there's no reason why that song's not on the radio you go there's no reason that's not on the radio if that should be on the radio but you know well i i think that the way we find music has changed so much right, right. with pandora and all the yeah, things right. and you get the idea sometimes that the problem is people want what's on their i you know on their iphone or what have you and consequently it's all older stuff it's hard to get new stuff out there get some attention to nobody buys albums right and there's so much stuff out there but we're going to buy hapless romance oh yes you are yeah. oh god yes uh, yeah i mean this I, I mean i'll turn on sirius xm and there's like 8 billion different channels to choose from yeah. there's no top i don't think there's a top 10 or 20 or 40 anymore i mean right. i don't know what to listen to it's like, well, where do I go to hear new music? I guess, I guess if you, I'm not on Spotify, but I know the album is on there. But I guess you go there, you can get new music uh, popping up on your, or your your phone or something. Well, actually, like that's that. a great idea because people can go to Spotify, yeah. get Hapless Romantic. Yes. It's fun. Those are one of those things where you find it, mm-hmm. and it's like, this is great. I remember I did that once with this guy from Canada, Colin, uh, Colin James. I never okay. heard of him before. Right. And I went into a record store, and all of a sudden, I, I hear this over the loudspeaker. When I bought it, it was one of my right. favorite albums. I mean, yeah. it's really kind of fun. So I think this is great. Yeah. And it's kind I of agree. fun that you're doing that kind of music. Well, we go to Nashville once a year, too, and record country. We write country music, too. And wow. Yeah, it's more traditional, more like uh, Americana kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah. you know, I never really stopped writing songs. I'd be, and, and then I've reconnected with my songwriting partner from like 30 years ago. So we're doing that. So we do country. We, we might put out a country album fairly soon. Who knows? But yeah. right now, the jazz it was the way to go because country. 
country now is that's a really insular market. You can't break into that market well, unless yeah, you live in Nashville for 90 years. and you're, you're Yeah, it's tough. It yeah. And it's the one place that still kind of has that traditional thing where there's a lot of country radio out right. there that they just hear particularly that kind of genre. And- right. But, you know, you hear like about Margot Price who was who just, cut, just sent her demo into Jack White and he loved it and put it now she's like huge. So you never know. Yeah, and, well, <laughs> and she does more throwback kind of country too. So, but you know what's interesting about you is you do all this different stuff. Again, you know, even the music is all over the board. What is that? Just curiosity? Is that why you like doing that? I mean, oh, yeah. I try to get in your head there. Most people don't, you know, know. do this, do that, do that, and you can do it all. Uh, well, competently, very well, well. I mean, I never thought I was going to be a comic, so let's put it that way. I mean, I thought I was going to be a musician for the rest of my life, and I still play in town with bands and stuff like that. But I don't. Here's my problem. I can't sit still for more than five minutes. So if I'm not doing a comedy show somewhere, I can't just sit there and go, oh, what am I going to do? You know, so, um, so I'll write a song or, 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 or I'm working on another project that's a writing project, you know, yeah. hopefully headed for TV or something like that. More with Dennis Blair in a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Mangie, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. Hi, I'm Michelle Johnson, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. So are you tired of being tired? Well, then it's time to get the tea. Hey, it's Lisa here to tell you about this all-natural, all-organic tea I've been drinking that has had great results for over 20 years. It's called Life Change Tea, and it's specially formulated to help detoxify and cleanse your kidneys, liver, colon, and blood all at once. The colon is one of the most ignored organs in the human body. The faster that waste is eliminated from the body, the less time that waste sits in our intestines and spreading toxins to our bloodstream. This tea helps cleanse chemicals caused by outside intruders from our entire digestive system. And get this, weight loss can be a side effect. And with continued use of the tea, you can experience clear, healthier, younger-looking skin, increased energy, and a happier outlook on life. So if you're tired of being tired, get the Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. And like me, you'll be glad you did. When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see. And there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week on the show. But Scott's got a lot more there. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to know about Las Vegas from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? That is the case. (laughs) Yes. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. It's a must when you come to Las Vegas. VitalVegas.com. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Everyone knows about movie ratings, G, PG, PG PG-13, or NC-17. But for the average moviegoer, the Motion Picture Association of America's Ratings Board, which assigns the ratings, is shrouded in mystery. This film is not yet rated, sheds some light on that controversial process. 
Filmmaker Kirby Dick set out to figure out how the ratings board operates. He interviewed several notable filmmakers whose work had received ratings they perceived as overly harsh. With the help of a private investigator, he gathered intel on the members of the ratings board, demonstrating its members don't fit the guidelines set out by the MPAA itself. Dick even explored the appeals process for lowering a film's rating by submitting a cut of this one, and then including in his final cut the footage from those results. This film is not yet rated is equally hilarious, compelling, and infuriating. It's definitely not a family film. The board originally rated it NC-17, but the lengths to which Dick goes in getting to the bottom of how movies receive their ratings are a dynamite watch. His exposure of the system's hypocrisy is instructive and entertaining for both the film lovers and casual moviegoers among us. This film is not yet rated, not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Melissa from Michigan. I work an extra part-time job serving lunch at my child's school, but I still can't afford to put food on our table. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. It's happening to you every night. One snores and the other can't sleep. It seems like there's no end to it. But now there's a quick and easy to use solution. A natural solution. Snore Stop. Try it risk-free today. Snore Stop was created and tested by a team of physicians and has been helping couples sleep for over 20 years. It is the number one selling anti-snoring medicine in the U.S. Snore Stop sprays or tablets are now available nationwide. All you have to do is call. It's time to try Snore Stop and make every night a better night for both of you. Don't wait. Try Snore Stop, the number one selling anti-snoring medicine in the U.S. spray or tablets. Call right now for free shipping and your 100% risk-free trial offer. 800-982-4808. 800-982-4808. That's 800-982-4808. Now. Let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Dennis Blair, who is a regular at the Totally Outrageous Brunch at the SLS. Finally, I want you to pull out the guitar. Oh, you do, do you? Yeah, I do. I was so glad you brought it with you, so he's going to... Yeah, grab the guitar, the which old, is right next to him. It's the old Taylor, ladies and gentlemen. What do you want to hear? What do you want to hear? Well, you talk about parodies. Give us a couple of uh, parodies we might we might recognize. Okay, well, well, here's what I would do. For instance, uh, someone yelled out a Creedence Clearwater Revival once, and uh, so I said, oh, let me do this for you then. Creedence Clearwater Revival. Left a good job in the city. What am I, an idiot? See, that's what I do. They're short. They're short. <laughs> yeah, I like short. that. You write into the. I love Creedence Corbett. That's That was good. You they're, had me hanging there. They're like <laughs> musical one-liners. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's see. You're you're in the 60s. What do you got in the, from the 50s? You got anything even before that? The, well, the 50s, we have Elvis. My my theory about Elvis was that if he were around today, he'd be doing, he'd be doing commercials because. 
They always take the old songs, they turn them into commercials. So Elvis would have done Taco Bell. Well, since my baby left me, I'm going to Taco Bell. I had the bean burrito and I don't feel so well. Oh, I feel like mm, my baby. I feel like mm, my baby. Guess I should have gone to Burger King. Oh, yeah. See, you didn't stump me. Elvis, 50s. Yeah, that was, there you yeah, go. Yeah, that was the old Elvis, the old but singing Elvis. like the, the, his last days. Because, yeah, you know, the old Taco I please like every era. That's my job. <laughs> All right, let's go forward. Then we did the 50s. Uh-oh. You had Fogarty in the 60s, Uh-oh. 70s. What do you 70s? got from the 70s? Well, there's the Eagles. I see you're trying hard to get into those blue jeans. The problem is you weigh 500 pounds. You can't hide those giant thighs. Eagles, there you go. <laughs> Say now, can you say that today? Can you? Can <laughs> yeah, you, you can. I think right. that's great. See? You, you never we're know. We're gonna let that go. We were Thank talking you. about. We're gonna let that go, All and right. we're gonna move into the eighties. Got like any Billy Joel? Oh, Billy Joel. Billy Joel wrote that one song where he lists every historical event known to man. It makes you wonder what his grocery list sounds like. Honey, I'm going shopping. What are you gonna get? Pigs, knuckles, collard greens, cauliflower, llama beans, rice cakes, cornflakes, chicken, and some shake and bake. Hellman's tomatoes, Paris, bees and lettuce, beans and other stuff. We're gonna have some dinner. That's Billy Joel, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so sorry. Oh, I love that. Sorry I had to hear all this. That's almost like a commentary on Billy Joel. (laughs) I like that. Okay, you know, you mentioned before advertising. So, in my Mm -hmm. mind, and how you don't. Everybody advertising uses stars. What about? I remember what it was like when I saw Led Zeppelin doing Cadillac commercials and that kind of thing. Yeah. Wow, you know. Yeah. So give yeah. me some Led Zeppelin. Well, Led Zeppelin would do a Christmas album. Christmas album. Yeah, yeah. Now on Christmas, when it snows, it all goes up your nose, and I'm leaving some cocaine for Santa. See, that's what they would do. So we can get the album anywhere. Yes, right? and Dennis Blair, DennisBlairMusic.com. It's it's also on there. Uh, I think you can just put, press the little button, ninety nine cents, and you can you know wow. feed, help feed my family. What a deal! And for great great music. And then I'm in this new show called the Totally Outrageous Brunch. Oh, you did too. Is, oh, yes, that's they great. just put me in there. I'm the bass player, and they're going to have me do a song probably eventually. So, uh, well, yeah. that sounds like a lot of fun because I know John yeah. DiDomenico's there. There's yeah. a bunch of other people. That's, yep. It's a great yep. thing. We have to check that out. And I have to get up at eight thirty in the morning now on for Saturdays and Sundays. Oh my! That's yeah, it. and throughout all your career and all these different things you did, yeah. there probably was mostly nights. So yeah. this is going to be horribly uh, depressing. And then, of course, every Friday when I'm in town, the Kenny Davidson Bowtie Cabaret at the Tuscany Hotel, I play and sing there too, and then we have a different guest singer every Friday. Tuscany uh, starts at 8.45 You know, that's a, and that's a great location. They have fun stuff there. It's a great you know? thing. It's a good thing. What are you, crazy? What are you, nuts? Come on. You don't want to miss Dennis Blair. Don't He's miss a, me. <laughs> Dennis, thank you so much. Can't wait to have you on again. I'll be on. I'll just, I'll just drive past and get a coffee and come on over. Time now for your Vegas Insider. Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com discussing what makes visitors pay so much in some of the more popular clubs in town. We've talked about one thing in Vegas is kind of crazy are some of these these nightclubs, like the Tao Club and so forth. And I just kind of grabbed my attention, again, that on your blog, that it closed at the Palms. What's the secret of these things? Because as you were telling 
us earlier, it costs a whole bunch of money to go to some of these clubs. And consequently, I've seen these listings of the top 100 clubs in the world, and five or ten of them are from here, which really says something. Yeah, it's true. I, I think, um, you know, the popular perception is that it's just ridiculous uh, to charge $500 for a bottle of Grey Goose. Uh, but I think that's an oversimplification of what it is. And that's, that's not where the value is. The value is you can buy celebrity. The experience that you're given in these clubs is that you are special. You are a celebrity. And you that happens because when you order that $500 bottle of Grey Goose, people want to meet you and talk to you. You're in an exclusive area. Young, attractive women come out with fireworks and they have this whole presentation thing. At one point they were using a drone to deliver the liquor. You are, it is, there is theatricality. There's an aspect of it where you feel uh, special and that you are you're in the one percent you might not actually be but you pull some money together with your friends and you're in the one percent you're treated like royalty in these places um it the, it's really driven by men wanting to meet young attractive women so you buy your vip table and young women come because you have liquor that's not twenty dollars a glass you're giving you know so uh it's a world that's foreign to me but i've learned more about it as time has gone by it is a ama- an amazing subculture of las vegas it's always in flux uh the palms right now is actually undertaking a big initiative because they have dissolved their relationship with tao group uh with a proven track record and they're going to manage their nightlife venues on their own. Uh, what I've heard is that they're recruiting uh, these these uh, club hosts. These are the folks that go out and get the business and the groups generally of young women uh, to come and carouse with their, with their good uh, customers. And they're booking exclusive residencies with big, big name DJs and performers. And that, those are the draw at these clubs. So I always thought the bubble would burst. It doesn't seem to be uh, bursting. Make sure to check out Scott's blog, VitalVegas.com, every day for updates on the ever-changing news of Las Vegas. Thanks for listening. Next week, you'll meet one of the finest boxing writers in America, Jeffrey Sussman, whose new book, Boxing and the Mob, has just been released. Have a great weekend. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. The action is hot, the atmosphere cool, and the parking is free. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Over 1,800 rooms, 70 lanes of bowling, an 18-screen movie theater, 8,000-seat arena, fabulous dining, virtual reality, a giant race and sports book, and the biggest stars are in the Orleans showroom. The Orleans Hotel and Casino, two blocks west of the Strip, minutes from the airport, with rooms starting at $45. This is how you Vegas. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Visit orleanscasino.com.